thoughts, views, beliefs, and opinions expressed in this program are not necessarily those of our affiliate networks. guys and welcome to another episode of the shadow initiative paranormal tv with author and ghost hunter rick hale good evening ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of uh myself and that other guy sitting over there in the uh, shadow initiative tv <laughs> yes we're, we've got all of our shadows here with us tonight or watching it welcome shadows in an archive or whatever um, but tonight's a very different show. Um, yeah. We don't want to give people the impression that we're only going to bring on uh, people involved in the paranormal field. You know, like we yeah. had had Dale and like we had uh, Miss Ann. Um, we want to bring on people just like you guys that, that have a story to tell or, or maybe you're struggling with a, a haunting yourself. And you want to share pictures and your stories and get advice from from rick and myself so that that door is always open and with that being said today we're bringing on a guy his name sean bonnie who has he's got quite a story to tell yeah he has a story to tell he does have quite a story to tell he has been suffering from a haunting for years almost his whole life and uh this attachment's been following him around um we have an interesting photo we're going to show you that's in relation to his case we're going to, Rick and I vote, we know very little about it, and we've kept it that way purposely, so we're hearing it for the first time straight from the horse's mouth, um, just like you guys at home are, and uh, we're yeah, going to we, listen, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, we're, we're going into this cold, I don't typically like doing this kind of thing going into cold, I kind of like to know what I'm dealing with, but uh, this isn't your... Uh, standard operating but not going in cold it's your standard operating procedure with hauntings but this is definitely different so i'm really looking forward to hearing what what sean has to say yeah it's going to be interesting and and like i said you know shadow initiative television is trying to break the mold of paranormal talk you know it's great to hear about rick's right. investigations my investigations it's great to talk to these wonderful people in the field but first and foremost the reason we do this is to help people and uh Tonight uh, hopefully marks uh, the beginning of, of bringing more people on, like yourself, sitting there at home. Don't be afraid. If you have questions and you want to talk about it, Rick and I are here to listen and uh, give some, some advice. Yeah, and you can always you know, find us on Facebook uh, through our group, The Shadow Initiative TV, or you can find us on Facebook and through social media uh, independently, myself or uh, Stephen here. It's... Um, we're always open to questions. We're always open to hearing people's stories. I know I am. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm always open to hear everybody's stories except Rick's. God, <laughs> man. Uh, God, I did, I I did watch your interview yesterday. Um, Rick was interviewed on the One Step Closer to Madness Network. Great, great interview, guys. If you didn't get a chance to see it, type in One Step Closer to Madness uh, here on YouTube or just go to this channel and there's a link at the very bottom. It's one of the uh, 
few channels that we help promote and support and uh it was a great interview you got to see a side of rick that you don't see here um it, it, it was all about rick because there's here there you probably notice my camera angle gets wider and wider it's because my ego gets bigger <laughs> and bigger that's right Rick. Oh, you heard that you i heard, heard that. that comment steven's ego can't get any bigger oh, oh. <laughs> yeah no but no seriously though like i i i, I sold you man on this uh, on this show the production value that you have taught him and that you do on our show is like amazing so if you have any ego concerning that you it's well definitely well earned well there is a difference between arrogance and confidence that's that is what i always say yep and definitely there is confidence there no arrogance and i'm very proud of terry Kodnig from from taking that jump from doing podcasts strictly for 10 years to finally mm -hmm. jumping into video and in just such a small amount of time, his production value, I mean, he's picking it up. He's, he's learning. It looks great. Uh, yeah, it does look good. Very proud of him for that. Um, but tonight, guys, you know, we, we've got this very special guest coming on here shortly. Um, Sean Bonney is going to tell us his story. We're going to give you Creature of the Week, and we're actually going to do that now. Usually, bam, we bring that in later in the show. But no, we're, I mean, we're unpredictable. This show is paranormal. And then after Sean's interview, as always, you guys can go pee, go to the bathroom, you know, while Rick's doing his ghost watch thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but Rick's you know, got a, a really cool ghost watch for tonight. It, it, it is a good uh, ghost watch. It's actually taken from my book, uh, my newest book, Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And we're going to be exploring the Tonic Room, which is a bar on the north side of Chicago. Been there a couple of times. The place is definitely creepy. But what's really great about it is, besides the creep factor, is, you know, not only do you have, um, it, it used to be a brothel for organized crime back in the 30s and 40s it. and it also has the occult involved as well as a cursed dagger so uh you guys are definitely going to love the tonic room and you're probably actually going to want to come to my beautiful city just to visit that place alone oh yeah you had me a brothel <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th I thought i might <laughs> but tonight guys the creature of the week i decided to pick one that is very close to me and mm -hmm. uh this is the beast of Bladenborough. Or Bladenborough. Yeah. It depends on where you're from on how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, y'all. But Bladenborough, this, the, the sightings of this beast, it's... I guess if you were to describe it, it would be like a a cat-like, cat-like um, cat features, uh, can stand tall, is lengthy, uh, big teeth. Um, what's interesting about this is is the sightings initially started in the 50s, and when I was doing research on this, when it started in in Bladenboro, um, all of these people weren't being attacked; animals were being attacked. And that's one thing, okay? It's easy to say, oh, another animal just attacked another animal. But what made this really curious, kind of like the chupacabra, all of the animals who were attacked and killed were completely drained of blood. 
Yeah, yeah that's a, you know I, I remember seeing this on uh, on Monster Quest, mm -hmm. and they actually called it a vampire creature. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there, there's different variations: the vampire beast of Bladenborough, the panther beast. Um, the the difficult thing when when it comes to narrowing this down is we have wild boar here in North Carolina: bears, cougars, mountain lions, all completely capable of doing what the beast of Bladenborough can do. However, they aren't capable of completely draining something of blood. Yeah. And this this became such a thing in the 50s, and this actually surprised me, but nearly 800 to 1,000 people believed in this creature so much that 800 to 1,000 people went on a search for it to kill it. And this mm -hmm. even included law enforcement and, and, and wildlife officials. They knew there was some kind of animal out there killing other animals. And I'm not right. just talking animals here and there. From what I was reading, I mean, we're talking mass goats, sheep. I mean, we're not talking just one in a setting. We're talking this thing coming into a farm and killing every goat at once. You know, this was something. And this has went on and on and on for nearly 70 years now. And everybody describes it the same. One One farmer recently said that he saw this thing that was like a panther grab his livestock and just drag it into the woods. And when he later found the carcass, there wasn't a drop of blood to be found. Yeah. And the, the other thing that kind of makes this interesting is, <clears throat> is the fact that, um, I'm pulling it up here, that medical officials actually examined these bodies. And they could not come to a conclusion as to what killed these animals. Okay, when you have medical examiners and people who are trained in, in wildlife, that, you know, most of the time you can, you can determine a shark attack. You can determine a bear. You know, the, these are forensics, you know, things that are simple. Um, but it, within in 70 years, nobody's been able to determine what has killed these other animals. And it's, and it's moving along through, there, there are many mountains and woods here in North Carolina, swamps, plenty of places to stay on the down low. And it has moved. It has migrated and migrated closer and closer to me um, from, Bled, from Bladenboro to now Brunswick County, which is less than 30 minutes from where I'm sitting. The most recent sightings were in Brunswick County. So, so what do you think? Do you think that there's an animal out there yet to be discovered? that's doing this? Do you think it's a, a normal animal, Rick? And how would you possibly explain the loss of the blood? Um, um, first off, what I find really interesting is, is that area of the United States was originally settled by people from Wales, Ireland, Scotland, and of course, England. So, you know, the United Kingdom and Ireland, they brought over a lot of their um, legends about uh, giant black dogs and even big mm. black cats. Um, so that definitely, you know, lends a little bit of, um, you know, kind of a foundation of this kind of a sighting. But I do think that this is a real animal. I mean, obviously it's a real animal because people have seen it um, and it's definitely, it's killed a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, livestock and dogs and, you know, what and pets. Um, as far as being what it is, I have no idea. Uh, the blood, missing blood is definitely really strange, but, you know, are we sure that this ground didn't soak up the blood? 
Right, and you know what's interesting is last night, uh, and then we'll wrap this segment up, I was watching an episode of Criminal Minds mm-hmm. where they were um, trying to persuade you to believe it was a werewolf um, mm-hmm. killing people because when they examined the bodies, there was wolf hair and claw marks and bite marks all from a wolf. Yeah. But but what it was was a guy who had taken the actual body parts of a wolf and fashioned them into a suit. And he was, I have got to watch this episode. And he was killing people that way, so there was no human DNA. It was an actual wolf. So there's nothing saying that there isn't some psycho or psychos out there doing the same thing. Because it wouldn't be hard with an apparatus to drain blood from a body. Right. You know, right. And, and shred but it up. For what reason? What, right. For what reason would they do that? That's just bizarre. Well, I mean, you know, people got their hobbies. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true who's the judge hey I, i'm actually wearing a blood-sucking shirt i just realized that the cat i love love that t-shirt you know um yeah it's it's definitely a very strange animal but as far as the other question is concerned do uh, do do large animals still exist that have gone unnoticed by science yeah absolutely uh, you know biologists uh, scientists researchers explorers are finding new species of animal every single day yep so it's only a matter of time before they come upon something that is you know like bigfoot or you know figuring what the uh, bladenboro beast is mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean there's definitely things out there that science just doesn't know about yet well with that being said let's jump to a commercial break guys when we come back we are talking the haunting of sean bonnie with the man himself he's going to tell us his story about being stalked and terrorized and intimidated by a dark entity nearly his entire life with some photographic evidence and i can't wait to hear all this so guys hang tight stick around we'll be right back with sean do you enjoy reading about the paranormal check out the highly rated literary works from us the hosts of shadow initiative tv Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons, Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois, and behold, shocking true tales of terror, and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Welcome okay, to the you. show. Um, Sean, we have, you have quite the story to tell. Um, Stephen, he's, he's a little bit more familiar with you, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, he's, he's gonna lead this a little bit, but he showed me some photographic evidence that uh, is definitely very compelling. Um, yes. Right, so, you know, Stephen, take it away. Well, thank you, sir, Rick. I greatly appreciate you giving your co-host the opportunity to take it away. That is not how it. That's not how I meant it. I hope that doesn't inflate my ego in any way, any anyway, sure or deflate it. 
So, Sean, um, we've heard a little bit about your, your haunting, and it's been going on for quite some time. So I guess in this first segment, why don't you tell us, you know, when and where and how it all started and how you first noticed um, this happening? Well, I grew up in Luke, Maryland, uh, as you know. Uh, it goes back to when earliest I remember was four years old. Uh, I lived in the house. You go up the steps. I lived by the attic steps. The attic steps terrified me. Uh, I'd constantly see a shadow figure with red eyes just peeking out at me. Uh, I would constantly hear, you know, sweeping sounds, knocking, uh, seeing a hand come out from under the bed that had a ring on it. Uh, it got to the point it was so bad that uh, they had to move me bedrooms, which that didn't that didn't help out much. So the the earliest was you know four years old, and it's been terrorizing me ever since then. Okay, so with, with that being said, what what exactly when you say terrorized, you know what what is it doing? Is it is it screaming at you? Is it throwing things at you? What what exactly is happening? Well. When they moved me, I, I grew up in a religious family, so it wasn't talked about. It was, you know, it was the devil this, the devil that. You need to pray to Jesus, which I understand. But uh, when they moved me rooms, uh, my dad hung a picture of Jesus above my bed. Mm -hmm. uh, I cleaned the room one, one night, you know, before I went out, my parents left. And uh, I, I'm OCD, so I got to unplug everything. I got to make sure everything's off. I went downstairs to meet an old friend, Tommy Clayton, you know him, mm -hmm. um, and he said, hey, Bonnie, you left your bedroom light on. Well, I thought I left my bedroom light on when I come back upstairs. The picture of Jesus was hanging upside down. My bed, my whole room was destroyed. Everything was plugged in. TV was on. The alarm clock radio, it was, it was all on. Uh, closet door, that, that really terrified me in, in the other bedroom I moved into. Uh, it would just open. There was no explanation for that. Uh, when I talk about terrorize, we're talking about dreams. Uh, we're talking about, you know, I've had sexual dreams uh, as far back as I can remember. Uh, I can never see the face of, of this person, but I feel them on top of me. I feel, you know, sexual things going on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, still to this day, I can't explain. I still have them, them kind of dreams. And and I never see the face. I never now, see the face. Now, did now you say these sexual dreams? Did these? Did you also have these when you were a young child? Yes. So this yeah, the, is not a fairly new thing. No, no. the The youngest I can remember starting to have these sexual dreams was around ten years old. Okay. But I never see a face. Okay. You know, I, I, but I know I, I feel in a way it's female. Mm -hmm. But I just I can't explain it. And like I said, I've never. I've never opened up to anybody about any experiences that I've had. You know, Stephen, you know, I read his book, uh, True, you know, I guess, True Case Files of a Paranormal Investigator. And uh, like I said, growing up in a religious family, it's something you didn't talk about. My mom experienced it, but my dad was a little bit more hardcore. My dad was like, you know, he was a youth pastor. You didn't talk about that. You know, one, because of the religious matter of it. And two, just because if it get out there, you could be labeled as crazy at that time. And yeah. I kept my mouth shut for a lot, a lot of years about everything that's happened to me my whole life. And Stephen's actually the one that, you know, reading what happened with him and his experiences, I, I need to open up. You know, when you talk about it, that you believe that it's female, 
and mm -hmm. the red eyes and getting on top of you as you sleep. I mean, I don't know about you, Stephen, but that almost sounds like a succubus to me. It does. Like he's being and, attacked by that. And the first, the first thing that came to mind is the fact that this started when he was 10 years old. So it wasn't even mm -hmm. a puberty-driven issue. You right. know, when, when you're going through puberty and these changes as a, as a man, we all been there, you know. You start, that's natural to start having those kind of dreams. But he was 10 years old. That's not really typical. No. Um, but yeah, Succubus, that, that's interesting. I, I definitely like to, was there, Sean, was there like a, when this started, what was going on in, in your life? And if it's too personal, you don't, you can just say, I, I don't want to talk about it. But was there something tragic? Was, was there just uh, your home? Like, was there anything that could have triggered this, you think? Well, I know my dad and mom don't like me to talk about it, but if I'm going to open up, I'm going to be fully honest about it. Uh, you know, back growing up, it ain't like today. You know, kids got their butt beat. You got the switch. You got the belt. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad basically raised me the way his dad did. You know, there was some physical abuse, uh, which we, we've, you know, we've gotten over since then. But it wasn't, you know, like your normal just beat your butt. It was, uh, you know, some mental abuse, some uh, physical abuse. Uh some I don't want to get into. Just sure. it, it went a little above and beyond. You know, today would have landed someone in jail. Right. Uh, but I was I was very hyperactive. You went to school with me. You know how I was. Mm -hmm. I was hyperactive as a child. My parents didn't know how to deal with me. Uh, but that you know, like I said, there's some I, I don't want to get into just because you know I don't want to drag up sure. you know the past in a way. But uh, there was uh, there was abuse there. Uh, we're not talking about sex or anything. We're talking about physical and mental, mm -hmm. which I said, like my parents, you yeah. know, I forgave both and we talked about it. Uh, but it's just uh, that that's as far back as I can remember. Okay. You know, that happening to me. Ricky, yeah. you got, you you got know, something. I do, too. You, I, I hear about this. First off, I'd like to say that you are among a fellow survivor of childhood abuse. Uh, Thank you. My mom was the same way with me. Um Here's, here's what I find interesting about, you know, being you being 10 years old and this kind of abuse happening to you. Um, I, I wrote in the chat room to Steven that I, I'm almost reminded that it could be a poltergeist and that perhaps this um, being that you're seeing, this entity, is a thought form of some kind where it's actually uh, created inside your own mind and it is causing further, psychologically it's causing further abuse um, to kind of, you know, kind of like a self-abuse kind of a way. I mean, that that's another theory that I have concerning this, that you're dealing with an actual poltergeist. But what I do find strange about that, usually you don't really deal with poltergeist too much longer into adulthood, but you're still dealing with this thing, correct? Yes, yes. My, my wife's here. She actually, uh, she's witnessed a lot. Uh, I'll jump ahead a little bit. Uh, I was always terrified of the attic steps in my house in Luke. Uh, my dad, when he broke his neck and back in the coal mines, uh, I'm a little nervous, so I'm sorry if my voice right. right. uh, You're okay. You know, it's the first time getting it out there, but uh, I was always scared of the attic, and my dad had to sleep up there after he broke his neck and back in the coal mines. So I thought I heard my dad calling for me. And uh, I went up the attic steps, and as soon as I crossed the threshold, something physically slammed me against the wall and picked me up about three to four inches off the floor. And That's I didn't know what to do. I, I did not know what to do. Um, I didn't tell anybody. I just recently told my mom and dad th about that happening. I was so scared and terrified that 
it, it, it just scares me right now to talk about because like when something like that puts its hands on you and you can't fight back and you can't touch it, 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 it traumatized me because I, I didn't know, man, I didn't know. And, uh, it's, it's scary. Now, have you ever um, sought out any kind of, um, you know, psychological help from like a licensed clinical social worker, a therapist to help you deal with the trauma of the abuse that you had suffered and what you're still going on today? I've, I've actually, you know, spoken to, um, to licensed clinical social workers and therapists. Um, I saw one myself for a while and they do believe in a spiritual realm. I never uh, sought that. Yes, uh, I've had, and and I'm a big big advocate for people with mental health issues that you know don't be ashamed to come out and talk about it. And I'm one of them people. Uh, I've dealt with severe depression, severe anxiety my whole life, and I my therapist I'm currently seeing at Villa Maria right now. Uh, we've talked about you know tracing things back to my childhood with you know things that have happened with the abuse. Uh, with with the paranormal, you know, the things that have gone on to me, and I can't stem the anxiety from anywhere else, you know, okay. but that point in time in my childhood. But I, I am currently, I've, basically my whole life I have seen, uh, you know, uh, psychological doctors, therapists. Uh, I'm, I'm currently on an antidepressant and uh, anxiety medicine right now, which I've been on them most of my life. Right. Okay. Well, that's this um, is a good point, Rick. Let's let's take a quick break. Sean, just hang out. You don't you don't got to disconnect or anything. Okay. And guys, when we come back, we're still talking with the haunting of Sean Bonney, an attachment that has been terrorizing him nearly his entire life. And we're going to show you guys an interesting picture that Sean took, and we're going to talk about this situation even further to see what else we can. Uh, find out which, with, with what is possibly going on with Sean. So get you guys stick around. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend, Chris Beck, and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman 2, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. Okay, and welcome back to uh, what can only be described as a very special episode of the uh, Shadow Initiative TV. Um, Stephen and I, we're here talking with uh, Sean Bonney, and we're learning about uh, very strange haunting and uh, activity that's going on in his life. So, 
you know, Sean, have you, I, I guess, I guess another question to ask here is, have you ever consulted a psychic or a medium um, to try and nail this thing down, especially if this is something of a spiritual matter? Yes, sir, I did. Uh, when I lived in Martinsburg, I, uh, I moved down there in 2006 and actually moved back home in 2010. I lived in a house on Rockcliffe Drive, which was the second ha oldest house on Rockcliffe Drive. Uh, my uh, stepson at the time, uh, he was saying that there was a, uh, all he could describe was an army man coming in with a bullet in his head. Mm -hmm. um, we would hear cabinet doors. We'd come out, I'd come out, the cabinet doors would be open. Uh, shadow figures. My dad was never my dad was never a believer in this. And we're okay. sitting on the couch and he's looking up like this and I'm like, Dad, what are you looking at? And he pointed and there was this dark, it looked like black smoke going across our, our room and I couldn't explain it. So we uh me and my ex now, uh at the time, uh we called in a paranormal group from somewhere in West Virginia, I forget the name of them. Uh she came in and she took pictures. <clears throat> And she said, you know, she took pictures. She she had her hands like this, and there was all these orbs down under there. And she goes, a lot of bad things happened in this place, that a lot of animals were murdered, you know, were killed. <laughs> uh, she said she wanted to speak with me outside after hearing what I had to say, you know, because I told her everything. And you know, my my ex went outside. She goes, no, I just want to talk to him. And she told me that I was a sensitive, that. Mm -hmm things attach itself to me that I need to know yeah. how to use that because negative stuff can attach itself to me and she feels that this happened while I was in my mom's womb so I didn't take it any further because I was scared but I don't I, I, I didn't I don't know so this is something that is that I mean you have been literally dealing with since before you were even born yes okay now is there any, and, and I know what you're going to think about this, you know, Stephen coming from somebody like myself. Um, is there any, is there anybody in your family that has ever dabbled um, in the occult? My, when I started sharing some of my experiences with my dad, um, there was an old bar in Piedmont, West Virginia called the Blue Jay. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad told me one night that after, you know, the bar shut down, they were all drinking and he played the Ouija board. I've never, uh, my mom says she has never, uh, but like I said, I haven't shared it with too many. So the only one I know right now is my dad and mm -hmm. some of the stuff that he told me that he's seen a, a chair levitating, you know, that I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really picked his head. He don't like to talk about it much. Because, like I said, the religious aspect, he, you know, feels it's given power to the devil. But yeah. my outlook on it, and I told him, I do believe in God, but just as there are God, there is the devil. And there's mm -hmm. demons, you know what I mean? So I have a different outlook than, than my dad. But, yeah, he, he dabbled in, with, played with the Ouija. Okay. 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 With with that being said, Sean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the picture that you sent to us up on the screen so everybody okay. at home can see. Okay. Um, can, can you bring us to this point? Um where were you at? Was that a basement? Uh, I was going through a bad divorce at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was staying in my sister Tina, you know, her her basement. Yep. And uh, I was talking with friends and, you know, I was getting to where I was trying to lose weight and all this. And we were talking about, you know, how much weight I've lost. I haven't been eating and I need to eat. So I I just snapped a picture. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm looking good. And I sent it to a friend of mine and she said, who is that in the background? And I'm like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? 
She goes, no, there's somebody in back of you. Well, I started getting a little terrified. I opened up the picture, and as sure as you know, there was the shadow figure that I have seen my whole life right in back of me. And I get so scared that I slept up on my sister's bedroom floor that night. I didn't, I thought, you know, oh my God, here we go again. That's interesting. I I think, I think Rick may be close to, you know, I think it seems like when this stuff happens, there's something, there's some kind of turmoil going on. And, And I think Rick's right on the money here that you're projecting this. Um, and in yeah. making it happen, a poltergeist. Yeah, you know, um, um, ne- uh, Nandor Fodor, who was a uh, mid 20th century uh, parapsychologist and psychical researcher, you know, he was a big believer that psychological trauma of any kind, any kind of turmoil, anything can um, produce this kind of energy and produce these kind of forms. The very first investigation I ever in that, that I ever did. Um, had something like this and it you know this girl she was she was putting out this energy and creating this thought form that actually physically attacked me and when i first saw this picture you know th- that brought back a memory of almost 30 years ago uh seeing this kind of thing so um <laughs> there you know but but you've done your due diligence you've done everything you yourself of this thing uh, I'm not. I'm not quite understanding what the uh, problem here is, unless this is something that's actually spiritual. Well, let me let me explain something to you that uh, happened to me a few years back. Uh, I was having the dreams again when I was living in Luke. We moved back to Luke, and uh, I was having the dreams again. Where like I don't know if you ever had dreams where you feel like you're awake and it's real, but you're asleep. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, this thing kept coming into my room. This shadow figure with the red eyes. So. I, I feel that I did get up. I confronted it, and mm-hmm. I and I and I followed it down the steps. And when I come into my living room, uh, you can ask my wife. She had to come down. That I screamed. That scared me that much. It was standing with its back towards me, mm-hmm. and I said, "You know what?" And I said a few choice words. I said, "You know, this has been going on my whole life. Who are you?" I said, "You're going to tell me who you are." It turned around and pulled down some kind of a, a hood. It opened its red eyes, and when it pulled down the hood, Rick. It was me. It was myself. It was uh, me with yeah, red eyes, a... and I screamed. And my wife came down. She shook oh, me. No, she goes, "What's wrong?" It was it was myself when I said, "Show me who you are." But it gave me a name, and I told okay. Stephen this. I, I I did a little research on it. Not not much, but the name that it gave me when it pulled down saying was Belial. 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 Okay. I mean, you know, Belial. Uh, it in uh, ancient um, ancient Babylon was was just a fertility god, from mm-hmm. what I understand. That you know when Christianity took over in that part of the world, they kind of co-opted the name of Belial and Beelzebub and and all that. Um, but showing you yourself, a mirror of yourself, yes, um, that is um, that's that's definitely right up there. In that's something psychological. That is, uh, you know, truly putting out some kind of poltergeist energy. I, I mean, Steve, what do you think? I, I think a couple things. Um, when he first started that, uh, telling that part of the story, I was going to ask if he had ever been diagnosed with night terrors. Um, but typically, night terrors, you're frozen, you're paralyzed. He got up and walked and, and, and confronted this thing. Um, so to me, that would rule out night terrors. 
with Belial, there there's there are many definitions uh, depending mm-hmm. on whether you're reading something rooted in Christianity. If you're reading in Christianity, um, it, it's it's not really a person's name. It's more of a a, a, a personification of something, a title. right? Of something that's evil. Uh, if you're going by the the Hebrew definition. Uh, Belial means worthless, which may again be your own feelings being projected out that you feel worthless about something, especially if you're seeing yourself. Um, other parts of demonology like to use Belial to describe the devil or, or something that's pure evil. Well, I know especially, and I, I think Rick can say, you are not an evil person. No, um, definitely not. I, no. I think... Uh-huh. If you've it, had evil things happen to you, yes. If it, if it's and an that's why. if it is an entity, it, it's using that that terminology, I think, to um, induce some kind of fear in you, because it knows you're going to look that up. It knows, oh my gosh, this is pure evil. Um, it's I I think it's kind of powerless, and that's why it's trying to to kind of play with your mind a little bit. But if we're going with what Rick's saying, and it's you're projecting uh, um, from the things that you've dealt with. The to me, the only way to solve that is to solve the problem within yourself. And I bet you see this thing go away. Yeah, you know, I, you know, like 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 I told you, I understand the trauma of abuse because, like mm-hmm. yourself, I had to deal with it um, with my mom, yeah. and um, I I learned a long time ago this uh, this was not my fault, just like this was not your fault. So if it's like, if you're somehow, you know, keeping this deep down inside, and first off, I just want to say to everybody, I'm a high school graduate, didn't go to school for psychology, but I am speaking from personal experience. You're not a bad person. The things that happen to you should not run your life, should not rule over you. And if this is in fact you that's projecting, you have got to find a way to stop giving it power because you're 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 a grown you're a grown man now yes you've been through some trauma and i'm not going to say you know oh hey you know you know grow up and be a man but what i am saying is is you have to come to the conclusion that this shit sorry this shit was not my fault i had nothing to do with this this happened to me and now i have to deal with it and it sounds like you have dealt with it a lot many many times but the thing is is that you have got to come to that place in yourself where you say you know what this is not my fault i didn't do this to myself i did not bring this upon myself and i think that once you're able to really really do that that is when you will finally find some kind of um um cure you know for lack of a better term uh some kind of cure for this some kind of closure um it's not you, man. It's not your fault. And one of these days, I'm hoping that you will come to this conclusion and you're able to rid yourself of this um, self-flagellation, I guess yeah. you might say. And, and like in high school, Steven, you you know, we were pretty close in high school and, mm-hmm. you know, I was the funny guy. You know what I mean? Right, and that, right. was, that was my way of dealing like, and that's what I say about people that deal with abuse and deal with like paranormal stuff. Don't be scared to come out and and speak about it because there's a lot that people don't know that a lot of kids a lot of adults keep hidden and keep quiet about and they put on a face and that's that's basically what i did i'm not going to say my childhood was 
all that terrible, but there, there was a lot of mental and physical abuse. Uh, I've seen a lot of physical and mental abuse, uh, but just trying to understand everything that's happened to me, you know, like I live up uh, Marsh Apartments in Westernport right now, mm-hmm. and the girl that lives downstairs, she's a witch. Like her mom's a witch. She says she is. But uh, mm-hmm. I was down in her house, and every time I'd walk in there, like the hair would stand up on my arms. And my wife and my daughter were with me. And uh, I seen this, the, the black shadow, like down in Rockcliffe Drive again, and, and everybody seen it that time. And when I got my phone out and I said, look at that, and I went to record it, it shot into me. Well, about that time, the girl downstairs had her phone on too, and she's taping. My wife's here, my daughter's here, and, and Megan's taping. I went, oh, and it felt like a hot iron was put on my back. Well, I lifted up my wife. She told me to lift up my shirt when I did. Megan was taping it. And there was three scratches that you could see just forming into blood welts on my back. And I had to get out of there. And, like, here my wife gets scared. My daughter gets scared. Uh, you know, we hear knocking. Uh, we'll hear, like, someone saying something. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like it follows me everywhere I go and it's starting to affect the people around me and I, I haven't done much research yes I watch some paranormal shows which I love you guys by the way and thanks for having me on but uh, you oh, know like you, you mentioned in one of your shows like Ghost Adventures and all that which is a load of crap you yeah. know I'll just put that out there sorry to say that but uh, I'm, I'm looking for answers and I'm like you know what what is going on here you know I'm nervous. I'm coming out and finally talking about it. You know, the the whole thing about being lifted up off the floor three to four inches, that don't happen. You cannot, no, <laughs> no religious person knows I can't explain that happened to me. I know it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, why did it attack me? Why did, why? I, I, I just, I get scared. I get angry because... I want it to go. I want it to leave me alone. I'm 40, going to be 45 years old, and I'm still dealing with the dreams. I'm still dealing with the noises. I'm still dealing with the physical touches, the sexual dreams. When does this stop? Well, hold that thought, Sean. Let's take a, another break for a commercial. We'll come back to your final segment and, and put this all together, wrap it all up. We'll get Rick's opinion, my opinion, and, and we'll see if we can come to some kind of conclusion. So you guys at home, stick around. Looking for unique handcrafted gifts or accents for your home, office, family, or friends? Check out Shadow Creations, your one-stop custom shop for one-of-a-kind designs for the eclectic mind. Unparalleled Creations by Christina. Like Shadow Creations on Facebook at facebook.com slash cflancaster and stay up to date on her daily releases available to you and easy to find at etsy.com slash shop slash motley by christina shadow creations a little motley a little curious a little bit different browse shadow creations at etsy.com slash shop slash motley by christina Get with the goat and sell your soul at the Cut Your Heart Out design and fashion store. Visit cutyourheartout.threadless.com 
to discover everything horror, dark, and occult related when it comes to walking with the shadows in style. Browse her art and find some sinister offerings to fill your home, spirit, and wardrobe. Greeting cards, blankets, clothing, masks, and everything your wicked heart desires. Cutyourheartout.threadless.com And be sure to like them on Facebook at facebook.com slash cutyourheartout.fashion If you are dead on the inside, wear it proudly on the outside. Yeah, and uh, welcome back to the Shadow Initiative TV. Uh, Stephen and I, we're still talking with uh, Sean Bonney uh, concerning a haunting that he is dealing with. Um, you know, Sean, it, it's uh, you. I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to put this. Um, you made a very interesting statement. You said that this is the first time you're talking about this publicly. Yes. Okay, so I mean, you know, that that in and of itself could be some kind of um, uh, therapy mm-hmm. for you. You know, like I said, I am I am not a therapist. Um, Steve Steve isn't a therapist, but you don't need to have a therapy degree for people to at least tell you what their problems are and what they got going on. And I, I am definitely of a mind that, and I think that Steve probably agrees that you could very well be dealing with something that you are projecting um you know some kind of to 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 help you know that you you somehow maybe believe that that what happened to you was your fault and this is projecting that into the physical environment and taking out even more hell on you and that's not fair to yourself man and it's not fair to the people that that love you and that care about you and want the very best for you 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 definitely have to come to that place where it's like, like I said before, it ain't my fault. Mm-hmm. And I, and I agree with what what Rick is saying. Uh, Sean, you said you read my first book. You know, it, it was my first experience that that launched me into this field because I was on a quest to find people that I could talk to that might have experienced the same thing. You know, to to where I could get those answers and. I think you can rest assured because I, I know Rick has seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it with my colleagues that I investigate with. Um, they get attachments. It comes home with them. They mm-hmm. deal with it, and then they beat it, and then their their, their life goes back to normal. You're, you're never going to lose the memories, um, but it, it's like Rick alluded to earlier these things that happen to you in your life is not what defines you. What defines you is no. is how you handle them. And, and, you know, I'll give you some wise words my father gave me, and I've lived by them my entire life. And this may help you in your situation. That you cannot defeat a man who shows no emotion. You may, you may feel it in here, and you're going to. We all have those emotional scars. Uh, um, from childhood or, or whatever uh, um, that happened, a death in the family. And, and you, you'll forever have it here, but it doesn't have to be here. Yes. And and let me let me say that, uh, you know, I don't want to make my mom and dad out to be 100% monsters. You know what I mean? And you know, sure. growing up when you had the experience of Stephen, you know, in a small area that we grew up in, you just didn't talk about abuse. You didn't talk about, if you said you seen ghosts, people thought you were crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, needed in the loony bin. But... You know, since 
since becoming more of an adult, you know, me and my dad have become a lot closer. My dad's apologized for everything. Uh, you know, he's he's more understanding. Uh, and it comes with having grandkids. You know, he, the 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 grandfather that my my kids have is not the dad that I had. And like I said, I love my dad. He's my best friend, and he's apologized. Uh, but you know, just talking about what happened to me, you didn't talk about that thing. You know, my dad. Going back to Luke real quick, my dad was up Savage, and they found a bunch of eight tracks and records, mm -hmm. and they were satanic. And really? my dad brought them. My mom didn't want my dad to bring them in the house. My dad brought it in and played to see what was on it. And it was like, sound like a record playing backwards saying, kill Jesus, you know, sacrifice. Uh, so it, it's, it's a whole bunch of things, you know, just, uh, I'm nervous, but it's, uh, I, I don't, cause I'm getting it out there for the first time. So it's kind of hard, but, uh, you know, not having somebody to listen to me. You know, when I was growing up, my mom my mom experienced a little bit. But like I said, you just didn't talk about it. So I had nobody to go to. You just didn't talk about this stuff. If you did, you were crazy. And, yeah. you know, thanks to Steve and, you know, reading his book. And I didn't even know you were in, into that or what happened to you until after I did. And I'm like, you know, he opened up. He's from around here. He's an old high school buddy. I need to start getting this out. I really need mm -hmm. to, you know, tell people what happened because I'm suppressing all this. And... It's like I said. I'm going to be 45 in March. It's getting to the point that it's time for this to end. Well, here's really... here's the the takeaway that I'm getting. Um, you've lived in different places, and everywhere you've went, uh, this thing has been. So you're either looking at an attachment from an actual entity, or it's you, man. <laughs> Like Rick is is saying, and and I'm gonna have to back Rick on that. I I think it it's 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 you, and and I think yeah. starting with you is gonna fix the problem. Now I wish, and I, and I've I've said this to Rick privately, that um, you know, every so often I make a trip back to Maryland, yeah. And, and I told Rick that when the next time I go back there, I'd like to look into Sean's case and maybe spend a night in there and see mm -hmm. what I can get with all the bells and whistles and, 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 and to see if we can add some more to it. Uh, and hopefully that day will come. And then we can revisit this again in a future show after a, a, you know an investigation's been, been done. Uh, I'd like for you to even get, get to be able to go into the, the people that the house I grew up in in Luke. I know them, mm -hmm. and, and I didn't tell you guys this, but my mom asked a little bit because, you know, smelling cigar smoke, seeing the ring, uh, we come to find out that our landlord's grandmother was murdered. She lived in that house. She was murdered mm -hmm. down at, at uh, Potomac River, down there by the Luke Mill. It was mm -hmm. at the time. Yep, yep. But, uh, you know, I'd like to even be able to get you guys in there, if who's ever living mm -hmm. in there now. But like I said, here, my wife and my daughter can contest to it, where, you know, the voices are still getting the knocks. So you're welcome here anytime. Well, the the origin of everything, there there's just so much attached to that nothing positive no you know so no. It, it's easy to believe that yeah this sparked something uh and again i'm going to go with rick i did have one question i want rick to kind of give you some more thoughts but uh the video you said um about when when you had that feeling of this coming into you and the scratches is that video available for us to it look is at? not it okay. is not um okay. i do not no longer speak with the girl downstairs. Uh, 
she's out of here. Mm -hmm. uh, I can reach out to her and see if it is. I got, like I said, my wife, my daughter, you know, they were all there and seen all this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I can try to reach out to Megan and see if she still has the video on her phone, but I haven't spoke to her since, you know, it's been a while. Okay. Yeah, we definitely would like to um, see that because that that's that sounds that's definitely sounds like something that's independent from what you've experienced um, your entire life. You know, Sean, let me ask you something. Have you ever thought about putting all of this down on paper? You know, writing a book or doing a blog or you know anything of that nature. Uh, it's never crossed my mind just due to the fact that you know, like I said, you know, getting everything out there, I, you know you do get kind of a complex of how people look at you and how, you know, you're perceived all, oh, you know, this is just another person just wanting, you know, to, to be famous or do this. That's not my case. I don't, I don't want anybody to know, but like you bring up an interesting point that, you know, I would like to do it because this is something that happened to me. Like I said, I'm 45 years old. It's happened to me my whole life, mm -hmm. you know, and I've kept it suppressed. So, you know, you do bring up an interesting point of putting it down on paper, but it scares me. Last night, I was knowing that I had this, you know, to be on the show here. I was, I was scared. I, I got anxiety real bad, and I haven't had anxiety in a while, and I, I, I don't know why I did, but mm -hmm. it just scares me. Like even right now, like I'm, I'm shaking a little bit just talking about it because it was a traumatic experience in my childhood and through my whole life that I've never really talked publicly about until now. Well, writing yeah. it, writing it down is a fantastic idea. That is something I have, I may have suggested to you, but I'll, I always mm -hmm. suggest it to my clients because I, I tell them, keep a journal. Every little thing that happens, date it, put the time, everything, you know, put this all together because a haunting is like baking a cake. You have all these different ingredients to make that cake, you know, it's all these different chemicals and keeping track of everything and writing it down, Sean, not only helps you. But other people out there like you that, that are afraid to bring it up, afraid to talk to somebody about it, that is keeping this all inside and only making matters worse. You know, they may read your story and be like, hey, that's what I'm going through. And it may help them yeah. move on from that. It's definitely something to think about. You know, so, you know, let me let me ask you something. Now that you're finally getting this out there in a public forum and people will definitely be seeing this because our, our viewers will see this. Um, does it kind of make you feel better? Give you any kind of relief, maybe? Yes. Uh, you know, but, like I told you earlier in the segment that, uh, you know, I'm a big, big advocate for people that suffer with mental health and, and things like this that are scared to be judged to get it out there. Uh, I did a, a, a post a while back on YouTube and, and Facebook about mental health issues. Don't be scared. You know, if you have any issues, don't be scared to talk about it. Don't be scared to be judged. And this is the way I'm feeling now. You know, yeah, I'm a little nervous, uh, feeling a little scared, but getting it out there to you guys and, and whoever's watching, uh, it does feel good because good. this has been bottled up in me for so many years since I was a, a child. And from then till now, and it's still happening to me. It's uh, it's a crazy experience. It, it it's scary not knowing, not knowing what this is. And you guys saying it's a poltergeist, you know, that kind of opens the door a little bit for me to do some more research and you know to, you know, to actually know now what what it could be. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely sold on the idea that this that this is uh, some kind of poltergeist energy energy coming from yourself, and that you are projecting 
this um, entity being whatever you would like to call it. Um, but I, you know, I think that, you know, the healing has to start with you. And I'm glad that you're like that, you know, that you're an advocate for mental health because, yes. you know, gr growing up as, uh, you know, we're men and growing mm -hmm. up as men, we're always told, you know, men aren't allowed to cry. Men aren't allowed yes. to feel feelings. Um, you're, you're weak and useless if you go yes. and see a psychiatrist. And, um, you know, suicide is a real problem among yes. men. But, uh, you know, thankfully, because of some, you know, because of people like yourself, so that's definitely something to be hugely proud of, that you are taking part in helping um, other men to heal and other yes. men to seek that kind of help that they need. So thank you very much for that. It actually, it, it takes more of a man to admit those things. I agree. You know, this, this culture that's out there now, the, you know, they, they don't realize what a real man is. You know, I cry mm -hmm. all the time, weekly. You know, especially when I'm doing this show with Rick. I mean, no. are you kidding me? And you guys, you guys should be here on uh, on Wednesday nights when we watch and we watch a new episode of This Is Us. I am uh. a blubbering <laughs> idiot by the end of these episodes. <laughs> so it's like I, I, I call it well time for my weekly cry. <laughs> hey, yes. watching any movie that involves a dog because you you guys know I love oh dogs God. more than people. Watching anything that hurts a dog, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yes. It's awful. Well, Sean, we want to thank you so much for sharing this yes, story. Yes, thank you, Sean. Um, thank you for having me on. We got to wrap this se segment up and move on to when Rick just goes on and on and on about yeah. stuff. Um, hey, listen, I want to say, I want to say before we go. Listen to the though, human ego here. <laughs> thank you. It was uh, it was an honor, you know, being on the show. Uh, I respect and I totally look up to you guys for what you do when we talk about the paranormal field. Thank I watch you. your show every week. You guys are the true paranormal researchers. So uh, it was an honor. And I appreciate the help. Thank, Thank you, Sean. And enjoy enjoy your week and keep us posted on everything. Keep us posted yes, on your progress. And and maybe months from now, a year from now, we'll come back and revisit this and see where you're sitting with it all. You're welcome here anytime. So all right, welcome. Sean. welcome here. Thanks, guys. All right, Sean. Take Thanks, it Sean. easy, man. Take it easy. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. Welcome back, guys, to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Television with Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. And you guys just heard an incredible story of the family man, the devout Christian, who has suffered from a haunting his entire life. That was truly awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely an incredibly compelling story. And it's like, you know, like I said, I can't help but believe that this is, um, you know, something you know psychological and that manifest and that's manifesting itself through um you know psychic means yeah and and i think you know not not to toot horns or anything but i think him just talking about it with us you know people he he respects in the field and, and probably for the first time hearing the stuff we had to say because you don't get that stuff on the television shows mm -hmm. and, and you know i think it it it, it, it's it's a step forward for him to where he, he I think he's gonna, he's on his way to um, 
Rem- remedying the problem. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, I think it's definitely uh, this is going to be uh, something that you know being on our show was was very cathartic for him, and um, you know I'm just I'm humbled and I'm happy that we were able to be a part of it. I am too, Rick. I'm always happy to be a part of anything with you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. You Steven. can count on it. You can count on it. <laughs> so where are we going now? So, where are we? What are we doing okay. now? So uh, now we're going to be going into Ghostwatch. In a city with a dozen or more bars, all claiming to be the most haunted drinking establishment, it can be difficult to find one that is truly haunted. However, there is a bar on the north side that not only can claim ghosts associated with Chicago's history of organized crime, it may also be inhabited by powers of a much sinister origin. Welcome to the Tonic Room. Since the days of the street war between Moran and Capone, the building housing the Tonic Room has had a colorful history. The building was used as a hangout and speakeasy for the north side Irish gang, and the upper floors were a brothel. If you were a young man looking for a good time, the building at 2447 North Halstead Street was the place to go. When the owners of the tonic room purchased the building, they could tell they had a real fixer-upper on their hands. It's not that the building was in disrepair, because Chicago buildings are built to last. Rather, they needed to make improvements if they were going to convert the space into a bar. But they weren't prepared for the weirdness they would soon discover in the basement. As the owners toured the basement, they discovered Egyptian hieroglyphics painted on the ceiling. But what really chilled them to the bone was what they found painted on the basement floor, a large pentagram. This, of course, frightened the new owners, and rightly so. They could only speculate what happened in this basement. They will soon find out the disturbing occult history of the building. When the the owners conducted some historical research, they discovered the basement may have been used as a meeting place for the occult secret society called the Golden Dawn. They further dug into the building's past, the more disturbing it became. According to a local woman, when she was a child in the 1930s, her father took her to a a secret meeting in the basement. She claimed to have witnessed a ritual sacrifice and the occult practices did not stop there. In 1969, the building was a boutique called El Sabarum, and it catered to people with an interest in the occult and the supernatural. You could find everything from magical amulets, various herbs, even voodoo beads there. The owner of the boutique, Frederick de Arachaga, considered himself to be the Pontifus Maximus of a Sabean religious order. Sabean was a pre-Islamic belief system from the ancient Middle East and predated Christianity by several centuries. In the early 1970s, the Chicago Tribune interviewed Chaga, and he explained to the interviewer that he considered himself to be of the old religion. He further explained that he opened his shop as a safe space for local witches and warlocks to perform their rituals. The name he chose for the shop, El Sabarum, which meant many gods, reflected his desire to welcome those involved in the old ways. During the interview, De Arachaga stated that the release of the movie The Exorcist had a severely negative impact on his business. While the residents of the neighborhood were welcoming to this store, several Christian churches considered him and his clientele to be Satanists. 
It wasn't uncommon to find people praying that God would rid him and his shop from the neighborhood. Whether or not it worked, D. Acharga, D. Archaga, eventually closed his shop and moved on. Today, the tonic room is no longer known for catering to witches and occult rituals. Rather, it's a fun, artist-friendly establishment hosting local bands, comedians, and DJs. Nevertheless, this has not stopped the tonic room from being known for its many ghosts. Since opening the bar, there have been several unexplained, and some might even say sinister, encounters with the ghosts of the building's colorful past. On the second floor that was used as a brothel, men have reported the sensation of being touched by unseen hands in a sexually suggestive manner. And the apparitions of prostitutes and gangsters have been witnessed in the dark corners of the bar area. The apparitions have been described in various ways, but the most common are reported as rough-looking men with scantily clad women sitting on their laps. The strangest and most sinister incident has nothing to do with the specters of gangsters, but rather a dagger. During the renovations of the basement, workers found a worn-looking dagger resting on a window well. After it was removed, a bar employee went down to the basement and fell on the floor where the pentagram was found and went catatonic. When he was discovered by the owner, he seemed unable to move or communicate. He was rushed to the hospital and following an intensive examination, the doctor said he could find nothing wrong with him. When he recovered from the trance-like state, he said he remembered nothing. After the bizarre incident, the owners put the dagger back where it was found. If you're looking for live music in an eclectic atmosphere, the tonic room is the place to find it. However, I caution you, don't go anywhere near the basement. It's off limits to anyone who isn't staff and to anyone who doesn't understand the bizarre power in it. I'm Rick Hale, and this has been Ghostwatch. I think that's my favorite one yet. You know? Yeah, I really, I really, really like the Tonic Room. And it, it's funny, too, because it's like the owners of this place are open to having investigations done, cool. are open to talking to psychical researchers. Um, actually, I had tried getting in there in the capacity as an investigator uh, with a uh, colleague of mine, Scott Musial. And um, unfortunately, guess what happened? The COVID monster hit. Uh, so that was that was immediately axed. Yeah, I, I like that story. And it's, it's there's some irony there. You know, a place that sells spirits actually mm -hmm. has spirits. Yeah, I mean, you know, there is no shortage of uh, haunted places, um, haunted bars, taverns, and pubs here in, uh, everywhere. in the uh, everywhere. Chicagoland area. Well, it's like you were saying on on uh, the show you were you were being interviewed on last night on mm -hmm. One Step Close to Madness. You know, you kind of steer away from doing the businesses, uh, you know, that that kind of thing because they they turn it into a a product. You know, right. if you want to investigate here. Uh, it'll cost you three hundred dollars. Well, that's not why, that's not why we're in this. If you're charging that's us insane. to find you answers, which is ultimately going to promote your place even more, mm -hmm. you should be paying us. <laughs> you know, not <laughs> not the other way around. But I, right. I I didn't take offense to what you said because I I do investigate the commercial locations, but never pay for them. They're legitimate. Investing, you know, like the Brentwood Wine right. Bistro, you know, ten and, years at that place. Uh, yeah, and the thing is, Stephen, is you're not using it as a method of paranormal tourism. 
Right, exactly. Like exactly. like you said, you're actually there to try and answer people's uh, questions. Exactly. So, Rick. Yes. We've got and this. This is this was just a great show. Like I, I honestly feel it like really it was. was one of my favorites. Definitely. Really. And, and, and I think that people who watch this, um, they're going to love this. Um, and um, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, maybe hearing Sean's story, like you said, will help people to find, you know, closure that have gone through the same thing. I agree. So next week, we're taking it up a notch, Rick. Who do we got coming on the show yes. next week? We have got Mr. Rob himself, Rob Demarest uh, from Ghost Hunters International. Um, he's, he's a, he's a really interesting guy. He's got a lot of great stories to tell and, uh, it's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love having him here. I, I had the opportunity of, um, interviewing him a couple of times on mm -hmm. my old shows and, uh, just talking to Rob, it's always fun. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. Him and I don't really talk, talk like, you know, you and I do or whatnot. We're, mm -hmm. um, we're friends on social media once in a while. We'll exchange a message about something or another. Like at one point in time, he was going to start um, developing some equipment, and he knows I'm mm -hmm. good at that stuff. Uh, he's seen some of the stuff that I've built, like the goggles, for instance. And I just didn't have the time to go into that kind of project with him. Um, right. and, and I love his views on things, even though he's done... Uh, it, it's funny, because I, I really don't hold a lot of respect for the TV investigators, yeah. But the two that I do actually were on Ghost Hunters International, Rob being one of them and uh, Shannon Sylvia being the other, which we'll have her right. on the show as well. Uh, awesome. So it's cool to kind of, now that he's not on that show, um, he talks a lot like we do, you know? Yeah. You know, and Rob, Rob is also, um, he's very much in the old school. Mm -hmm. He was doing this before it became, you know, hip and trendy. I guess you could say. And uh, so, you know, it's like, yeah, he's, he's got the best of both worlds. He was on a great television show. I loved uh, Ghost Hunters International. It was one of my favorites. Um, mostly be, you know, the, the, the places that they went to, mm -hmm. you know, like Dra like Bron Castle, for example, Dracula's Castle. Um, you know, that's something that I probably never will see. But, you know, that's what I love. It's one of the things that I loved about Ghost Hunters International. It took you to places that, you know, myself and other people may never actually get to see. Yeah, it, it was more on a historical level, um, yeah, exactly. which I really liked, um, as opposed to the, the other shows. Uh, this, this, like, like you said, it took you places you probably most likely never go, and and, mm -hmm. and and had the opportunity to see a side of it that you don't typically see um, from the tourism aspect. Uh, which which I've always enjoyed, but yeah, I, I would say um, Ghost Hunters International. I, I I never really had a a problem with it at all. Yeah, um, it was a breath of fresh air actually because it was so di it just had a different format than the other shows. I like that. Right. Yeah, and uh, you, you know it was definitely a little bit more original, and uh, you know people weren't running around screaming about you know demons jumping out and turning you into their own personal hand puppet like we got with that one guy on the travel channel <laughs> um but um yeah so we're gonna have rob demaris next week uh, he's always a lot of fun to talk to cool well with that being said rick let's let's wrap this shenanigan up uh, all right guys we appreciate you tuning in um 
Thank you. If, if you're paranormal investigators and you have advice for Sean, just leave it right here in the comments. Please join us, as Rick mentioned earlier in the show, on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash The Shadow Initiative. Um, there's a link right here on the screen. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Rick's just started us a Twitter. I don't know what he's tweeting, but he's tweeting <laughs> something. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, guys, and after you watch the show, if you like what you see, you can watch all of the older shows right here on YouTube anytime you want. Bring it up on your big screens at home, your smart TVs, watch it on your cell phone. Um, just leave us your comments, guys. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and uh, we thank you for that because that helps us understand, you know, if there's something that we need to um, fix or scale back on or whatever, you know, it's uh, it's always uh, a learning it's always about learning. Well, as as, as uh, you guys saw tonight, you know, this, it, it, this is a show for you guys. Mm -hmm. This isn't a show for me and Rick. No, I absolutely not. You know, this, this is a show for you guys. So you guys are the fuel to our fire. <laughs> and with that being said... <laughs> no, but and we are, ego, we are and also, you're also the helium to my ego there it is keep pumping it up so yeah hey everybody thank you so much for tuning into another shadow initiative there he is he's he's getting bigger and bigger <laughs> and soon he's going to explode it's like that um, dude for big trouble in little china yes when he got all mad just mentioned one of my all-time favorite movies love that movie yep it's great so hey everybody thank you for watching and um you know we were happy to we were glad that we were able to help Sean Bonnie in some way. So, uh, you know, come back next week and uh, we're going to be talking to Rob Demarest and uh, that'll be a good time. So, Stephen, thank you again for another great week yeah, Rick. and I'll see you next week. All right, guys, take it easy. You know, let Rick's story be a lesson to all you kids out there. Avoid satanic sex cults. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't you don't want to mess you don't want to mess with satanic sex. No, cults. no, they're not good. No, no good can come from it. <laughs> oh, oh, we're started then. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, everybody. <laughs> this is so new to me. You know what I mean? The ghost sex guy. <laughs> <laughs> boy had sex with a ghost. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, Rick, is there anything else you would like know. to say? <laughs> <laughs>